there will probably be a lot of kids not or some number of kids not in the school system because parents will choose to keep them home. Right, yes. Because this plan is terrible. July 30th. You want to report on the R numbers or anything like that? or? Sure. In Toronto, the R value is 0.67. Oh. Zero new cases reported. Zero new cases <coughs> reported in Toronto? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that was today or yesterday. Because I we I'm had on howsmyflattening.ca and yeah. I I'm not sure how wow. today. And then Ontario, eighty nine new cases. Our value of one point zero one. I mean that's a first yeah, we had a day of w- with one new case in Toronto like mm-hmm. a couple of days ago. That was big and now we're at zero potentially. Wow. I mean, obviously, yeah. it's going to keep coming, but... It feels very good. But then I remind myself, that was two weeks yeah. ago. Sure. This is what was happening two weeks ago that we're seeing now. Yeah. But that, you know, yeah. I mean, w- the real question in my mind is, we're about to go into phase three on Friday. So, you know, whatever, we've managed to get to a good place, but that was I- the way we were operating in phase two, and now we're about to yeah. s- change everything. Not change everything, but... You know, a lot more risk. It feels like a lot more risk. Yeah. Going to bars. Restaurants. Yeah. A lot more people close together indoors. It feels like is. Yeah. Feels risky, but okay. It'll be fine till it's not fine. Yeah. So we'll we'll watch that closely. I think something that's really been coming out over the last few months is this sense of (coughs) like a very small number of infected people do most of the transmission right so it's like you can have you know 10 or 20 people with covid in the city Mm -hmm. walking around and not really passing it off to anybody but you have the one and then you have like the one person you have the one super spreader event right leads to another super spreader event and it kind of yeah goes like that so you can skate by for a while yeah (coughs) if you get lucky right but the big news today is the school so the the provincial government released their plan i guess can you call it that plan for Uh. starting school up in the main i guess the signature aspect of this that everyone's talking about is that it's full-time going back to school for elementary all elementary all elementary Mm -hmm. i think right full-time for elementary school uh and high school i think is something what 50 50 or something something around that 50 50 in school and online yeah i haven't read anything about the high school plan and the other piece of the school the elementary school pieces was a grade four and higher or somewhere around there grade four and low grade four and up they're wearing masks under grade four they're not wearing masks they're not not mandating masks they're not mandated but they're encouraged and teachers will wear all staff i guess are gonna wear masks but yeah and hopefully shields and maybe shields will but they haven't talked about that have they so far they've just no they said that and they're going they have 60 million dollars that they're gonna put towards giving cloth masks to people that can't afford them. Okay. 
in the school system. To kids? Uh, yeah, I assume okay. that's what that meant. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And um, the, go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically for elementary school, they're barely doing anything. Okay, first of all, I have not read this whole plan. Mm-hmm. Because... I could not deal with it today. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm very stressed out about this. So I do not know the details of this plan mm-hmm. other than their bullet points. But here's here's the bullet points. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're going to get these masks for people. Mm-hmm. $30 million for teacher staffing to support supervision and keeping classes small. Can I just say that sounds like a pittance. But yeah, I mean, because they basically said they weren't changing their size, their class sizes, right? Like they're. We're going to come back to that. Yeah. They basically are keep, they're maintaining the ratios that Mm -hmm. we had all along. So the next two bullet points are interesting though Mm -hmm. and could be helpful. Mm-hmm. So 50 million to hire up to 500 additional school focused nurses in public health units mm. to provide rapid response to s- support to schools in facilitating public health and preventative measures including screening, testing, tracing and mitigation strategies. Mm-hmm. So if they have schools a school specific test and trace program Right. That they have like going. Like the instant they have someone yes. that has symptoms you like. Yes. And if you're, well, you could be doing, you could just be doing surveillance screening right. too, right? So when you say screening, you mean checking, sim- asking people about symptoms no, or sorry. I testing? Mean surveillance testing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. You, te- you don't have any specific reason to think yeah, these yeah, people yeah. have but COVID. And you can do saliva testing, okay? Mm-hmm. We don't need to be sticking swabs up kids' nose all the time when painful. they're going to school. It's painful. Yeah. They're not going to want to have it done. Yeah. You can just spit. And they okay? can detect it in yes. there? Yeah. Nice. Yes. Nice. Because um, if you get a large enough number of, like, it doesn't matter if there's some false snake. Like, if you miss some, it doesn't matter. Like, you're still getting, you're still getting an idea of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next one, where was it? 20 over 23 million to provide testing capacity to help keep schools safe. Mm -hmm. So it seems like they're really planning to do extra testing. I would like to know more details on that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they've given them. I kind of doubt that they have 40 million to clean more. That doesn't seem super exciting. 10 million for health and safety training for occasional teachers. 10 million to support special needs students in the classroom. That's interesting. And 10 million to support student mental health. Here's what they're not doing. Mm -hmm. So they're not changing class sizes, Mm -hmm. which was the number one recommendation in the Sick Kids updated. Yeah. Um, how to open schools document yeah. and of course Stephen Leachy I still don't know how to say his name um, said that they developed these 
strategies in consultation with sick kids, blah, 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 but ignored their main <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. They were getting pretty <laughs> railed in on Twitter for that, I saw. Yeah. Nothing about HVAC upgrades or circulation or anything yeah. for these old, old schools, which is yeah. also another very critical thing for yeah. indoor spaces, yeah. especially if you have unmasked things. Another thing that they're getting railed on for Twitter is that they did not involve the teachers' unions in yeah. any of these talks. Yeah. And like, you know, most other professions that have been doing this yeah. consult the actually the people doing the work. Yeah. yeah. And then another criticism I saw, I think, from one of our favorite Twitter docs, Dr. Michael Warner, yeah. uh, head of the ICU at Michael Guerin, he said this 300 and whatever million dollars that they're putting towards this works out to like $152 per student. Yeah. I, don't know. I don't know what Which these numbers mean. They have no con I have no grasp of what these numbers mean like in yeah. the context of Well, $152 per student is not a lot. No, it's not a lot. We got more money than that for strike pay. Right. Last year. Oh, right. Right. We got more money than that for random COVID pay. Yeah, right. <laughs> we can, you like, you can trip and fall on the sidewalk and find more money than that. Yeah. The thing w Warner said too is that like this is, like he would like to see the people that made these rules go and spend a day or, or make, th that are making these decisions, mm -hmm. spend a day in a class mm. with these kids. Yeah, I mean the very shocking thing is that like, there's no educators. It's like politicians yeah. in hospitals that made this plan. And he, his point on Twitter was that, you know, in the hospitals, the people that were making these rules were the ones that had to use the PPE and go into these patient rooms. And, you know, the, it, they were them, you know, they had to mm -hmm. trust that what the rules they were making up were going to protect them. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it it really. Um, yeah, you have to involve. You have to involve the people that are actually going to be doing this stuff. Apparently, you don't have to. I mean, I feel like this is another example of the Ford government is just going to have to backpedal. Like, I I really think this is not the final word on this, right? There's going to be... There's already an outcry on this. Like, I think fire... Yes. Was fire fire <laughs> trends every other day. <laughs> That's not news. Yeah. But he was trying to use the hashtag Safe September. Uh. Um, with his announcement, uh -huh. uh, which people did not care for. Yeah. And so now unsafe September uh, yeah. is trending. Yeah. Well, there's something else. What, what did you say right before that one? I wanted to touch on that, but right before the, uh, HVAC. Oh yeah. HVAC. Yeah. So there's an article that someone was, that was oh. getting passed around on Twitter today about, you know, like the way we were thinking about masking like in March or April, like it's, you know, it took us too, potentially it took us too long to get on board with masking, right? Like mm -hmm. it took us a while to figure out that this, yeah, we should probably do that. Doesn't hurt anything. Like let's, let's just go ahead and everybody do that. I, it's like, we're going to be talking about in six months from now, we're going to be talking about, oh yeah, we probably should have been thinking more about ventilation. It's, mm -hmm. it's like an obvious, but no mm -hmm. one's talking about it really yet. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, but it's the obvious uh, thing indoors. What what you should be looking at indoors is how do you beef up, how do you move the air in a way that's safer in these in these yeah. giant buildings. But also, 
many other jurisdictions have <coughs> used shrinking class sizes mm-hmm. as a very key mm-hmm. plan, including mm-hmm. Norway, Denmark, Germany, uh, Hong Kong. I can't remember now. There's mm-hmm. a National Art National Post article that basically does like a layman's literature review, mm-hmm. which is great. And then they're like, except Israel. Mm-hmm. Israel started with small class sizes and then they opened it up at the same time they had a heat wave and everyone right. took their masks off at the same time they opened bars and restaurants. Yeah. And then they had outbreaks. Yeah. So I really feel like... Mm. Yeah, not trying to do smaller class sizes is a very big mistake. Yeah, well, let's see where it pans out, I guess. Well, that's the thing. It's just going to, like, someone's going to die. Well, so I, I you know, the thing is, it's like, it's like, as when the risk is low... You know, this isn't going to, it's, it's like right now, if we're in a phase like we are right now, if this was September right now Mm -hmm. and we are seeing like single digit numbers of cases being reported in Toronto, I think it's pretty like this probably is going to be okay, but. Sure. But September is not now. It's a month from now and we're just going into phase three. I know. I know. Which means that's going to be the opposite of now. It's going to be like opening schools up at the point we close them in March. Yeah, yeah I guess we'll see. It's going to be the equivalent of that. We don't know that because if we're using masks, like we're doing a lot different now than we were mm-hmm. in March. So we'll see. Yeah. It really, I think it really depends. The risk really depends on where we're going to be at that point. And it just seems like they can't, like, how are they... It just feels somewhat like they should have a stage plan, right? Like if we're in mm-hmm. this situation, this is what we should do. If we're in this situation, yeah. this is what we should do. Listeners, I'm going to read the Ontario plan in its entirety and yeah. we'll report back on mm. this and see if that is in there. It's a good plan. Um, but you reminded me of something that Dr. Ronald Cohn said today. He is the CEO of the Hospital for Sick Children. Mm-hmm. And they did a a webinar today for parents of complex kids. Mm -hmm. This is the second one they've done Mm -hmm. um, for us. Just, I mean, it's not terribly useful, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. just to, just to be like, this is what we're hearing. This is the research that's being done. This is what we Mm -hmm. know because there's very specific risk factors for COVID, like if you have heart problems or lung problems or kidney problems, you know, or asthma, you know that you're Mm -hmm. at risk, but there's lots of other complex kids who are just complex and have other random comorbidities. And does that put them at risk? And so there's a lot of questions and wanting to know how the hospital works. Anyways, Mm -hmm. what he said today um, that I thought was interesting is he said, I know you all are staying safe and wearing masks and following the rules because your families are the most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And please try and get all your family and friends to do that because the biggest factor in schools opening safely in September is low community transmission. Mm -hmm. 
that is it. Like, just like you were saying, mm-hmm. if it's not there, mm-hmm. then we're safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if it is there, we are not safe. This plan will not make us safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, it's just up to everyone who wants to go out to a restaurant <laughs> to think. There's also, I mean, there's going to be a reaction. I, I think it's, I mean, the class sizes could will be smaller because I'm sure if, as the risk goes up from community transmission, if the risk goes up from community transmission, people are going to keep their kids home, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's going to be, there's not going to be a full... Well, people that can, and this is where you get into... I know, but I'm saying some proportion of parents won't send their kids to school yes. if things start to get worse, right? Yes. And so, and, and... So it will, like, the class sizes probably won't be full. It'll probably be somewhat reduced. I don't know how much reduced. But I suspect, you know, uh, this is the math I was trying to figure out if someone had done. I was searching a little bit. How many people consider themselves high risk within one degree of separation of a child going to school? Mm -hmm. Like, like within, like, the home, right? In the home. Mm -hmm. So you have the child, whether the child's high risk or not the other people in that household how many people have kids going to school that the household someone is high risk right that's Mm -hmm. like that's like us right so how many families but it could be because you have an older grandparent living with you like whatever it is it's it's probably a lot right it's there's yeah what proportion so what proportion so it's like yes it's great that kids don't get that sick from it but they can still pass it to someone in the family and that's the Mm -hmm. well that is like a little questionable for the youngest kids is it whether or not (coughs) they transmit as much as the older kids there's like two so the evidence shows that they don't transmit as much Uh but the counterpoint to that is we don't have proper data kids haven't been in school like we they haven't been in their quote-unquote natural habitats really for us to see yeah how if transmission is actually less so yeah. it's not solid data yeah see. shoot there's someone else that's gonna say something what were we talking about parents how many families how many homes have a high-risk person in them like ours sorry i don't remember oh i remembered yes okay so the other thing is that my friend, who is probably one of our nine listeners listening right now, who <laughs> is a teacher, not in Toronto, I- in a cottage country area, mm-hmm. and she was saying that their schools, the enrollment is way higher for this September because people have just moved to their cottages oh, right, permanently. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So... <coughs> Is that going to make school enrollment in Toronto lower? Could be. Maybe we will just naturally have some smaller class sizes and cottage country is going to suffer. Yeah. Getting portables. What I think is really interesting is that, you know, Toronto was the epicenter for a while in Ontario. And it's like, but because of a sustained, like because of the need to have a sustained, consistent effort, I feel like people in Toronto now like we get it we know what to do mm-hmm. and we've got the number down really low like I don't see that like people are still gonna I think have that mentality right like we've kind of been trained 
Whereas I, I feel like what's... So, but we're also so tired. We're, we're getting tired of it. I just do see that. But it's about building habits, right? Like when you put on, you know, you go to the grocery store, you put on a mask. You, like mm-hmm. we have those but rules. Everybody's going to be doing that. I guess so. I don't know. It just feels like we're taking it seriously. Yes. I mean, the fact that it's we've gotten the numbers down in Toronto mm-hmm. makes it feel like we've we're taking it seriously the people mm-hmm. whoever does the contact tracing like they've got their system down or whatever it is right yeah. like all those pieces are working well whereas yeah. now you're seeing flare-ups in places that are less dense mm-hmm. and like i think it's it's like almost feels like you know some rural area randomly if someone's traveling through there and passes it on like those are the areas that are like less prepared or you know that they, they don't have the systems in place or the habits yeah. built into the people there that it could spread faster in those places as opposed to somewhere like Toronto. Mm-hmm. Well, anytime I hear an expert ask like, what has this region done well or what has this region not done well? Yeah. They always give a list of like, you know, something like social distancing, testing and tracing, whatever. And then the last thing is always end luck. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, like Yeah, yeah. Luck. Um, if X City has a huge super spreader event. Yeah. Like South Korea, right? They could have been like Hong Kong. They could have been like Taiwan and ha- barely had any cases. Mm-hmm. But they had one huge super spreading event mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that led to like a thousand cases or something was traced back to this one person Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's bad luck yeah Yeah. so we could maybe get away with a lot with some good luck for a while yeah who knows i certainly don't know the other thing that was released today that i guess got overshadowed a bit but the Toronto, the Toronto Public Health released the breakdown of COVID patients by ethnicity. Yes. And excluding indigenous people. Oh, really? Strangely enough. The main takeaway seemed to be that, well, what they basically said was that racialized people are disproportionately affected. We had to take a short break. We can't remember what we were just talking about. But during the break, we started (laughs) talking about class sizes again Mm -hmm. and how um, there will probably be a lot of kids not, or some number of kids not in the school system because parents will choose to keep them home. Right, yes. Because this plan is terrible. Um, And also... There's been talk of like wealthier families like hiring, doing like tutoring pods yeah. with other wealthy families and just kind of hiring a teacher. Yeah. You can imagine a small number of families just going in on it mm-hmm. together and making their own cohort. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be really weird to see interesting to see what class sizes actually look like in Ontario in September. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we were talking about, right, we were talking about the City of Toronto releasing the data about how how there was a disproportionate impact of COVID on racialized people. Racialized people. Something like 
80% of COVID infections were in racialized people, but um, 52% of people in Toronto are racialized. Yeah. Yeah. So that was... Which, by the way, is why we really can't use the word minority here in Toronto. Because white people are the minority. white people, <laughs> I guess, now are the minority. S- so that, that would be confusing. Is that why people use racialized? Because it sounds That's different. That's one of them. Yeah, it's kind of a new word. Uh-huh. Tillich's like, what is racialized? Am I, Am I racialized? <laughs> yes, dear. It feels Means not white. The word racialized me- sounds like, uh, y- you know, there's some active, like. I it's a fancy word for not white. I know, but it makes it sound like that has had a, s- like, that has had a clear impact on your life for me i don't feel like it has is what i like i don't feel racialized quote unquote no it just means not white yeah i know you have three choices you can say not white you can say person of color you can say racialized i'm with you i get it minority used to be the word but it's not that's a bad word because yeah because it's not true uh, like right. it's not always true right 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 yeah. like saying yeah. minority is is not a very good description got it okay so those are the current options that i'm aware of okay thank you <laughs> <laughs> no problem always happy to explain the current uh words being used on twitter yeah okay well i think yeah. Okay. We f- we closed that loop. That was good. <laughs> have we talked about everything we need to talk about? I feel like we worst have podcast ever. I feel like we were doing um, well until we <laughs> until we had to break. stop. Yeah. Um. I think. Yeah. The main thing was schools, yeah. which will be the main thing for the next forever. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Joke. You want me to do the, the two that I heard? We can do double joke day. We, we can okay. always use more jokes. Yeah, sure. Okay. Go for it. First one was, so these are both off Twitter. The first one was a picture of a sign, a Toronto sign, where the R had fallen down, had kind of fallen off, and the line above it was, I guess the R is falling everywhere in Toronto. Ha 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 ha. Just pretty good. R I value. Yeah. Point six, man. That's good. And then the other one was um, Anthony Fauci, I guess, threw the opening pitch at one of the baseball games recently, and and he did a, apparently the pitch like just shanked off to the side really badly, and so there's a clip of him doing that, and you see the ball go off to the side, and the person says, "I." do admire his consistency in making sure that nobody catches anything. <laughs> like that. I thought it was very funny. Uh, good old Fauci. So there you go. All I, think right. I think we're done. Good night. Good night. <laughs>